I'm a law professor at Boston University. And before becoming a law professor, I worked at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, helping to set up the new agency that was created in the wake of the mortgage crisis and the 2008 financial crisis to protect consumers from banks and other financial institutions. And I was also previously a management consultant at McKinsey, working with executives at large companies. And so I've been on kind of both sides of the regulatory spectrum, if you will. One of the reasons that we were excited to talk to you was there's a small number of people who have experience setting up a new agency to help protect consumers. And since that's what we're largely talking about here, um, the, the first question that pops into my head is what can you take from your experience at organizing the CFPB to this problem of, of large tech companies and how, how we regulate them or just um, get them to a place where society doesn't feel like they're running amok? Yeah, one of the interesting things about that experience at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is how much of a paradigm shift people had to undergo to get to the right place. So at the agency, at the CFPB, when we were starting out, there were really two very different models out there for how the agency could have been designed. We could have done it like the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, is designed largely based on enforcement lawyers going in, using court-ordered subpoenas and the like to collect information and bringing lawsuits or settlements with the, the shadow threat of a lawsuit. That's one model out there. And then the other model was, was the bank regulatory model, the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, the FDIC, and these other banking regulators who really don't rely on lawyers very much at all. Instead, they have examiners who go in regularly, collect information. They, I, I describe it to my students sometimes as they, they have x-ray vision to, to see what's going on. And then they try to work with banks and other financial institutions to, to correct any wrongdoing. And the CFPB really brought both of those worlds together for a hybrid model. And so it has a large group of enforcement lawyers who can bring lawsuits when necessary and use the full legal force more directly. And then it has a big group of examiners who are just regularly going into these banks, asking what they're doing with consumers and whether they're treating them well. And, but at the beginning, it wasn't clear which of these models was better or would win out. And so I think when we look at regulating tech, the, the main regulator right now is the FTC, which is, again, this, this lawyer-heavy model. And I, I believe, having seen the design process at the CFPB and having gone through all of that back and forth about the pros and cons of each side, I think we need something like an examiner function with tech because things are changing so rapidly. The sophistication is so high within big tech that we need to have in-depth knowledge of what's going on behind closed doors. I think one important advantage of that model is that the problems are caught sooner, right? Once something becomes a lawsuit, that means there's already damaged parties and the damage has been done probably for years, whereas theoretically an examiner might stop, much, stop some bad behavior earlier in the process, right? 
Yes, that's right. I think both in the detection of problems and in the correction of them, an examiner model has a lot of advantages because they're in regular dialogue with people in the company. And because they, in an ideal world, at least if it's designed well, there's a free flow of information, they're more likely to see things before they become big problems, before they become systemic, before they alter an election, say, or whatever it may be. And then also because they don't then need to go through the, the kind of more coercive uh, legal process to, to come to a settlement or, or go to trial because they're almost, I don't, I don't want to make it sound too cozy, but, but because that is one of the risks of the examiner model, but because they're almost working with the company to try to solve the problem rather than in a more antagonistic relationship, they can often get the solution moving forward in, in a more immediate manner. Now, if I remember correctly, the banks were really happy to have uh, CFPB examiners start vis visiting their offices, right? <laughs> You know, it's, I, I, I'm not sure how much that was a joke, but but if it's a joke, <laughs> it, it's 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 spot on overall. But but there is a, an element of truth to what you just said, so perhaps counterintuitively, and that is that the banks much preferred CFPB examiners to CFPB lawyers. And in fact, when it when the CFPB came out with an early idea to bring enforcement lawyers along on their examinations the banking industry was in an uproar and they were very unhappy. And so in a certain sense, when the CFPB then moved on to a model where they would mostly only send examiners in um, and without the enforcement lawyers, yes, the banks were actually happy to see the CFPB examiners. <laughs> I was saying something more true than I realized. Okay. So uh, let, let's do a for instance here. Um, I, we, just because it's in the news and we're going to pick on Instagram and Facebook, um, people decide because of leaks from the company or whatnot that there's something about, face, about Instagram's algorithm that actually um, hurts teenagers' body image. Um, how would the examiner model, can you just talk us through that as an example of how it might work? So in this kind of a situation, it's a little tough to know exactly what it would look like in a tech context, but here's how it, it might unfold. You'd have examiners inside Facebook on a more regular basis. So they would have all along been talking with the developers saying, what new products are you launching? Which populations are you serving? So they'd have a sense, those examiners would have been aware of children and teenagers using Facebook. And where it gets a little tough is on the question of whether, because the, the studies that revealed that Facebook is so detrimental to teenage girls, for example, my, my understanding is, is they were largely driven by Facebook's initiative to study that matter. And so examiners in the banking context, at least, typically wouldn't ask the banks to study something like that as directly. Instead, they might, on their own, uh, relay back to the agency that that's, there might be some issues here, or they might informally encourage 
the company to look into something if they have some cause for concern. But if the company was studying such a matter as, as Facebook was, the examiners would presumably know about it. And it, at least if, if the relationship was designed right. And then in that instance, it would have made it more likely that the right decisions would be made based on those insights about how harmful Facebook could be to teenage kids. And so, so, so the problem then becomes, well, would that then disincentivize Facebook and you know, discourage such studies from being undertaken in the first place. And that's, that's kind of a, a tough question, but I think with a, with a strong regulator, you know, the FTC actually does have the ability to conduct its own studies. And if the examiners say at the FTC or whatever tech regulator we're talking about, any new one that might be created, say, uh, if, if they were to go back to the FTC and say, Hey, you know, we think, you know, Facebook's starting to have a lot of engagement from teenage girls, say, and we think we we should study this a little bit, study the effects. And then, and then you could also design a model in which the agency had the ability to ask Facebook to conduct certain studies to make sure that its impact was not detrimental. And I think that would probably be where you'd, you'd most want to see this go. So it's, it's not a direct application of the examiner model from banking, in other words, but it's a modified one in which learning is maybe more emphasized than it is in banking because in banking, things don't change as quickly as they do in tech. You know, and I think that's um, one of the challenges here is uh, also there's something that seems more neat and clean about the examiner model in the financial world to me than, than does in the technology world. Um, uh, maybe just because it's mostly numbers uh, and there's, it's sort of easier to study. Uh, but I, I, it does feel to me, I spent 15 years working in Seattle, like, wow, tech companies would not be very happy to suddenly have an army of examiners show up at their door and sniffing around. Uh, how would we even get started that? It's, it's interesting when you think about how tech companies might respond to this. Because I agree, as a general matter, they would be unhappy about having examiners coming in and poking around. On the other hand, we're almost at an inflection point where most large tech companies like Facebook realize that they're going to be regulated likely in some way, shape or form, or they're going to have to deal with heavy government attention. And so the question may not be, do we have government employees involved? It's what kind of government employees would we most like to be working with or dealing with? And from that perspective, again, I'll return to the example I made, I gave earlier about how banks were much happier with CFPB examiners than with CFPB lawyers. And so you could imagine a world in which tech signs on to a more examiner-based model because it's less antagonistic and because those examiners could, to some extent, tell them, answer some of these really difficult questions of what they could or should do in, in, in some of these new situations. And actually, I was on a panel for privacy a few weeks back, and there was a Republican FTC commissioner that was participating in the event. And when I shared the idea of using examiners or having a, an examination force at the FTC, this was Commissioner Wilson, 
she later said in that session that she, and she said, I've never said this publicly, but I think Rory's right that we would benefit from having uh, some, something like uh, an examination workforce at the FTC. And, and so that if you have a Republican that could potentially get on board with that, I can't imagine the, you know, Democrats resisting the idea of more oversight of, of tech in that form. So it might, it just might be a consensus building option. Hmm. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, and, and it, it's funny for all of the contentiousness about the CFPB early on, it does seem to have settled down uh, considerably. So, yes, actually, I, I saw recently that more than half of Trump voters support the CFPB, hmm. and so over the course of the population, more broadly, there's a tremendous amount of support for the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. So I think some of these things that may be hard to get started or to, to create, once they're there, people will recognize what they're worth. 